It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Polynesian traditions. Because mythology comes from oral tradition, there's a wide variety across sources. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. Ah! Sister, you are hurting me! The demigod Maui stared into the furious face of his elder sister, Inaika, as she gripped his wrist tightly. Maui had lifted mountains, raised the sky, created fire, and yet he was unable to free himself from her grasp. For she was stronger, and that was bad news for Maui. No one takes my hair without my permission, little brother. It was true that Maui had tried to steal her hair when she wasn't looking, but he needed it, and Maui was used to taking what he needed. This disruption in his plans had befuddled him beyond belief. Let me go! Maui's muscles rippled as he struggled, but he was still unable to free himself. (laughs) It seems I am stronger than the great Maui. (laughs) What will you do, little brother? Uh, Please release me! (laughs) Please? Oh, in that case... Suddenly, Inaika let Maui go. He stumbled backward in shock, tripping over his feet and falling to the ground with a thud. His sister gave him a smug look as he quickly stood, his cheeks flushed. See what you get when you ask nicely? When you show respect? Inaika looked at her brother patiently. This was a teaching moment, and she wondered if he would rise to the occasion. And Maui was trying. He stared at her, thinking. Inaika did not want a battle of physical prowess. She wanted communication. Maui flexed his muscles, wanting very much to use them. But instead, he slowly looked Inaika in the eye. Sister, may I please take a few strands of your hair? Maui's heart thundered in his chest as he waited for his sister's response. Like it or not, he needed this hair. Its magic would allow him to accomplish an impossible feat, a feat that everyone told him could not be done. With her hair, Maui could snare the sun.
Welcome to Mythology, a ParCast original. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Mythology for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Mythology in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram, at ParCast, and Twitter, at ParCast Network. Today, we're continuing with our tale of the demigod Maui in his quest to slow down the path of the sun. A mischievous and brawny half-deity, Maui is popular in Polynesian mythology for his great feats and plethora of powers. But equally famous are his mistakes, for though Maui possesses great power, he doesn't always take the time to think through the consequences of his actions. After Maui used his fearsome strength to raise up the sky, the sun, Kala, began to cross the sky too quickly. The result was a mere four hours of light each day, which was causing strife amongst the people of the islands. Determined to fix his mistake, Maui visited his elder sister, Inaika, to retrieve a few strands of her magical hair. According to his grandmother, her hair was the only material strong enough to capture Kala. <sighs> Maui suddenly broke the surface of the ocean, his mouth wide open as it gasped for the sweet air from the sky above. Then he held up a hand. Grasped in his fist was a bundle of thick, glistening hair. <laughs> Maui wins! He raised his other fist high in the air, splashing about with glee. Maui quickly made his way back to his grandmother's camp on Mount Haleakala, but once he arrived, his grandmother was nowhere to be found. He looked in her hut, around the side of the mountain, but she was gone. He turned to the strands of hair in his hand and gazed at the wheelie-wheelie tree on the cliff. It was then that he realized he had another problem. How does one make rope? Maui hesitantly gathered some leaves from the brush that lined the camp and picked up some needles from a silver sword plant. With a slight pout, he began to braid the rope. But his large fingers were clumsy. He kept dropping the needles. Gah! Making rope is women's work! He threw the needle in his hand toward the willy-willy tree. The force of the throw knocked off a branch, sending it tumbling over the mountainside. Maui tried to calm himself, but as he looked at the strands of hair and the multitude of leaves surrounding him, his anguish grew. Even if he could figure out how to craft a strong rope, it would take days to braid the 16 ropes his grandmother had told him he'd need to trap Kala. He needed help, not just any help. <sighs> Maui needs his mother. His mother, Hina, was known for making exquisite kappa clothes and would certainly know how to craft strong rope. Maui raced down from Mount Haleakala's peak through the plains between the mountains and toward Hina's cave. 
but when he arrived at her cave, Maui's heart sank. (laughs) His four brothers were lounging around the waterfall. A fire roared at the mouth to the cave, illuminating their mocking faces as they watched Maui's approach. Maui took a deep breath and nodded to his brothers. Aloha, ahi, ahi, brothers. But he was interrupted when Maui Roto stood and pointed past Maui, fear etched on his face. Maui, watch out! What? What is it? Maui tensed, ready to spring into action. But when he turned around, he saw nothing. Then he became aware that his brothers were stifling their laughter. (laughs) I think it was just a fly, but please take care of it for us. It would be the most useful thing I have seen you do. Do not laugh at Maui. Then do not be so funny, younger brother. It is an unfair ask. Before Maui could control himself, he let out a roar and kicked at the flowing waterfall. Almost at once, a huge torrent of water spun towards his laughing brothers, putting the fire out and smashing them against the cave wall. I should not have done that. You idiot! Maui stood there, his anger abating and guilt taking its place. His brothers had long teased and tormented him, but he needed help and Hina was nowhere to be seen. He'd have to take what he could get. Brothers, enough. I am Maui and I am stronger than you. But it is your kokua, your help. I need now. And why should we help you? Maui did not know what to say. He and his brothers had never seen eye to eye, and now here he was, about to beg for their assistance. But he also knew he had never asked them for help before. Maybe their disdain for him was simply because he'd never included them in his adventures. Because it is a family affair, this snaring of the sun. (laughs) And it is your chance to share in Maui's glory, eh? Maui Roto and the other brothers shared a dubious look, but then slowly smiled. Tell us more. Maui told his brother what needed to be done, and together they traveled back to the Wheelie Wheelie Tree on Mount Haleakala. All right, brothers. You, pick up those needles. And then... Maui, please. Brothers, begin! Seamlessly, Maui's four brothers began pulling down leaves, twisting bark, and using bush needles to craft long, thick ropes. Maui shifted on his feet, uncomfortable at having nothing to do, not controlling the situation. Maui Roto noticed. Maui, it was you who brought us here. Let us do what needs to be done. I... (sighs) Go on, then. Maui softened as he watched his brothers work. Maui Roto's words echoed in his head. He brought them there. He did not have to be ordering people around or lifting heavy things in order to have done something sensible. In fact, there was even more he could be doing to support his brothers in their task. He could cheer them on. Maui began to clap, slowly at first, and then more vigorously. 
Woohoo! Great work, brothers! His claps were so loud that the ground began to shake beneath them. Soon, his brothers were unable to continue their weaving. Annoyed, Maui Roto stood and chucked a small rock at Maui. The rock smashed into the side of Maui's face, and he staggered back a few steps. Maui Roto grinned at him as the other brothers laughed. <laughs> as I said, let us do what needs to be done. Maui stared at him in shock, but then his face split into a smile, and for the first time, Maui joined in his brother's mirth as they all laughed at his foolishness. Hours later, the brothers had finished. The 16 ropes were tied to the trunk of the wheelie wheelie tree. Each glistened with the glowing strand of hair from Inaika. The other end of each rope was tied in a circular noose. Maui stood over them proudly, then gazed up at the sky, still dark, but the hint of light was beginning to show upon the horizon. Kala was coming. Kala will be here momentarily. Take your positions. <laughs> oh, we are not staying, brother. What? But we work together now, eh? Family affair and all? Maui searched their faces for signs of ill will, but could find none. He deflated a bit. He'd just gotten used to the idea of his brother's assistance, and now they were abandoning him. Prove us wrong, eh? And do not let out too much gas this time. Us commoners have enough problems without the air starting to sour. <laughs> Maui's brothers departed, and he was finally left alone. He gazed toward the sky. It had lightened even more in the east. Only moments stood in the way of Kala's passing. Maui hurried to dig a hole at the base of the wheelie wheelie tree and moved his large body inside of it. And then he waited. Coming up, Maui confronts the sun. Now back to the story. The demigod Maui had reached out to his brothers for help in constructing 16 indestructible ropes and nooses. A strand of his sister's magical hair was braided in each rope. Maui hoped the magical properties would make the rope strong enough to hold the sun. And he was about to find out. He crouched in a hole by the base of a wheelie wheelie tree on the peak of Mount Haleakala, and waited for Kala, the sun, to pass overhead. Though he was poised and ready to strike, he was a bit early. Kala was fast, but he was still coming all the way from the east. Maui sighed with impatience as he waited, and waited, and waited. Where is he? I thought Kala liked to be quick. Maui hummed to himself in frustration. His volume rose as he grew more and more impatient. As his humming peaked, he startled an albatross that had been perched on the uppermost branches of the wheelie wheelie tree. The bird took off and flew right into Kala's path. Its feathers were immediately consumed by flames as it burnt to a crisp before Maui's eyes. 
But Maui barely noticed because the first leg of Kala's burning body was reaching above him, making its way towards his crater to settle in for the night. The earth shook and the heat became unbearable, but Maui was ready. He grabbed one of the nooses and flung it as hard as he could. It spun through the air, heading straight toward Kala's flaming leg above him. Uh, hit your mark! Maui's eyes flashed with excitement as he waited to see if the noose would land. His aim was true. The rope hit Kala. Its force propelled it around and around, wrapping his leg tightly. Yes! Maui hit his chest in victory, but he did not have time to revel in glory. As Kala stepped forward, he felt the jerk of the restraint. He looked down, his eyes full of lethal fury. He yanked at the rope, but it held. Maui ducked behind the tree for cover as Kala let out another ferocious roar. Ah, what is this? Kala tried to move forward, using another leg to crawl over the mountain peak. But Maui hopped out from his hiding place with another noose in his hand. This rope found its mark as well, ensnaring Kala's second leg. Maui's eyes lit up at his victory. The old Maui might have taken this time to walk around and pound his chest victoriously. Even now, his muscles tensed with the desire to celebrate. But instead, Maui forced himself to focus. He threw a third noose, then a fourth, then a fifth. It was then that Kala finally saw Maui standing by the wheelie wheelie tree. His breath smoked with fury. You! You dare disrupt my sleep? You dare quicken your path across the sky? Ah! Maui ducked out of the way just in time as Kala sent a ball of fire streaming toward him. Kala then roared and sent trails of fire down the ropes, trying to burn them away. But still, they held. Kala seethed. You! Coward! I am no coward. Kala simply laughed in answer to Maui's bold response. His laughter shook the mountain. A wave of heat exploded off of him and rushed past Maui, nearly bringing him to his knees. <laughs> As the sun continued to laugh, Maui grew more and more angry. He hated not being taken seriously. You dare laugh at Maui? Maui thumped his chest, forgetting about the noose he had in his hand. His body felt electric as he strode toward Kala. You will pay for your jeers. As Maui stepped closer, Kala lashed out a free leg and whipped Maui's feet out from under him. Maui pitched forward, falling face first into the earth below. As he lifted his head with a groan, his eyes widened. Three of Kala's legs were reaching toward him. Ah! He rolled out of the way just as the legs slammed into the ground. As he rolled, his hand closed around another noose. 
Without waiting a moment, he flung it into the air. It whipped around another of Kala's legs as he roared in protest. Maui stumbled to another noose. He threw that one. It hit its mark. Then he realized... Two hands are better than one. Two hands of Maui are better than a thousand mortal hands. He grabbed two more ropes and flung them toward Kala. Aha! Maui! Maui flung nooses, one after another. Because Kala was already trapped, he could not effectively dodge the ropes that swung his way. Each leg Maui aimed at was encircled by the noose and pulled tight. Soon, all Kala's legs but one were stretched out wide, held firmly by the ropes like a burning spiderweb. Kala panted as his final leg thrashed about, trying to hit Maui. Both of them burned with anger as they faced one another. Then Maui threw his final noose just as Kala raised his last leg and lashed it toward Maui. The leg slammed into Maui's chest and he flew into the air, but the noose had found its mark. It wrapped around his leg, pulling Kala taut as he tried to back away. (sighs) (sighs) Maui gingerly hauled himself to his feet. There, he took in the extraordinary sight before him. Kala was trapped. He struggled against the powerful ropes as they restricted his movements. The wheelie-wheelie tree groaned in protest as the ropes were pulled, but it held firm. Kala sent flames down the ropes, trying again to burn them to ash. But still, they held. Sparks flew off of Kala as he roared in anger. Flames spewed into the air, landing at Maui's feet. The demigod danced in a little circle as he taunted Kala. Ah, they said it could not be done, but I have trapped the sun. Silence! I do not need to be quiet. You are the one trapped. Ha! I can dance all I want. You will let me go, or feel my wrath. What wrath? You are trapped. No one told Maui the sun was so dense. Nui? Yes, but stupid. You have shocked Maui. The sun burned bright with anger for a moment, and then dimmed down. Kala had never before been tested in this manner, and despite himself, he respected this brawny young man for trapping him. (sighs) All right, Maui. What is it you want? Ah, thought you would never ask. What does Maui want? What does Maui want? Out with it! Patience, Kala. Those ropes get tighter, you know. (sighs) (laughs) What I want is for you to slow down. Ever since I raised the sky, it has been all zip-zip for you. Why the hurry? Take your time, and we have no problem, eh? Slow down? For what? For the people who live below Kala. They are suffering. I care not at all for what mortals need. What I need is sleep, something you are getting in the way of. Then you leave Maui no choice. I will not release you until you agree to slow your path through the sky. 
Kala's bloodshot eyes looked down at Maui with amusement. Keep me here if you must. Then there will be no light at all. <laughs> I will watch from this very peak as the world slowly dies. Then I will be known as Maui, the one who snuffed out the sun. Coming up, Maui must find a balance between strength and cunning in order to get Kala to change his mind. Now, the conclusion to the story. The demigod Maui had done the impossible. He had used 16 nooses made from magical rope to capture the sun, Kala, by restraining his eight sun legs. Maui stood before the steaming sun, admiring his work as Kala struggled against the ropes, which were bound to a wheelie-wheelie tree of incredible strength. But Maui's heart sank when he remembered how much Kala was needed, and when Kala threatened to leave the world in darkness forever, Maui was shocked. You would just watch the world die. Do you not believe in good mana? About how people see you? Good mana means nothing to me. Good, bad, who cares? I am the sun. You do not need approval when you have power. Maui considered this. He'd long cared what people thought of him and used his power purely for the purpose of impressing others. Hearing Kala say this made him wonder if he'd been going about it the wrong way. That sounds... freeing. <laughs> it was... Until now. But what about honor? I crave it. It's all I want. People honor you with their fear. No one fears Maui. Maui is a joke. As soon as he uttered the words, Maui realized that it was true. He was constantly laughed at, slapped, told to shut up, he did not know one person who had truly respected him during his pursuit of the sun. Even though he now stood in front of the great Kala, having used his strength and courage to snare him, he did not know if he was the right person to preach to Kala about honor when he had none. <laughs> A joke you are! I see it too. Now release me! You have no right to hold the sun! You are not worthy! I, uh... But as Maui considered his options, he remembered his mother's words. Body is not the only thing you need to be strong in. Maui looked at his rippling muscles, strong, lean, adequate for great deeds, but he realized with a start that it was his mind that was being tested. Kala wanted him to give up on himself, on his journey, and he would not let his mind be the weak link. Kala, you must know what you do when you give the great Maui a challenge. What are you whining about now, Maui? But Maui was already on his feet with a rock in hand. Ah! He strode toward the burning sun and raised the rock up high bringing it down on one of Kala's legs with great force. 
What are you doing? Stop! Ah, ah, my leg! No one tricks Maui! Maui moved to another leg, and then another. Leg after leg crumpled in a fiery heap as Maui hit them over and over again with his rock. Kala struggled against his bindings, but could not get away from the onslaught. He could not break free. Stop! 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 Please! No more! Maui stopped, panting. The rock fell out of his hand as he faced the now pitiful Kala. His flames dimmed. He looked battered and exhausted as he turned his defeated eyes toward Maui. You win, Maui. I will do what you ask. Just release me. Maui wins! Maui thrived off of winning. It meant he had achieved what he had set out to do. It meant that he was as powerful as he had thought. But there was no joy in bringing Kala to his knees. Instead, he was filled with purpose. This felt necessary. You must travel slowly, so people may fish and hunt, so that crops may grow, and that my beautiful mother can dry her kappa safely. And so I have more time to see myself each day. But Maui has not finished. Sorry. Time will be measured by daylight. And you, you will be honored as a marker of time. In fact, your path is what all people below will use to plan their days. Fine, but I will grow tired. Allow me some months of quicker flight so that I might rest. You wish to compromise? Yes. Let me see. Half the year, we shall get longer days. And in winter's months, you can pick up the pace. Kala, yes, that is a good compromise. It is fine. And you said, people will honor me. So you do care if you are honored. <sighs> of course, you foolish god. Who does not want to be praised by others? But, but you said... It is weak to admit your insecurities. Maui smiled at this. After all he had gone through and all that he had overcome, he thought that admitting your faults was the strongest thing you could do. I do not agree, Great Kala, but I think we have a deal. Yes. Ah! <laughs> Maui grabbed a rock and smashed it against the ropes that were coiled around the tree. One by one, they loosened until finally, Kala was free. He rose up into the sky, his speed fluid but slow. As he ascended, a brilliant expanse of daylight fell over the island and the ocean surrounding it. Maui smiled, but his past mistakes were heavy on his mind. He had reveled in victory before, only to discover that he had caused even more trouble. Perhaps this was merely the beginning of another problem. Maui's mother, the moon goddess Hina, pounded bark into a pulpy sheet and laid it out on a sunny rock to dry. 
She was making kappa cloths and hoped that this bark would soon turn into a beautiful skirt for someone to wear. She stepped back and looked upward at the sky. Daylight had held far longer than it had in the last few months. She smiled as the sun warmed her face. Perhaps her kappas would finally be completed. Mother? Hina looked over to see Maui tentatively approach. His hulking frame seemed somewhat childish as his eyes searched his mother questioningly. Is everything all right? Maui! The sun is still out! So, you are happy? Instead of answering, Hina strode over to Maui. He flinched, ready for angry words or a slap. But instead, Hina threw her arms around her son. <laughs> did you do this? Did you snare the sun? I did. Maui, I am so, so proud of you. You're proud of me? <laughs> they were the words that Maui needed to hear. Thrilled, he pushed back his mother to raise a fist in the air, but he accidentally pushed her too hard, and she toppled into the waterfall. Sputtering, she glared at Maui. Sorry. Did you just dunk our mother? Maui turned to see Inaika, standing with her hands on her hips. Her magical hair hung limp around her shoulders, but she still exuded power. Flanking her was his grandmother, Maui Roto, and his three other brothers. Maui put his head down, nervous to face the rest of his family. They were always his toughest critics. Pick your head up, hero. Maui looked up in shock. Inaika smiled at him genuinely as his brothers rushed forward to envelop him with joy. Maui gazed around at his family, tears sparkling in his eyes as he basked in victory, but also in the joy of respect and love, for that was what he truly desired. Maui's tales frequently showcase his ability to alter nature for the good of civilization. He pulled up islands, created mountains and valleys, and was even said to be responsible for the first coconuts. Despite his missteps, he wanted to use his abilities to create a better world. His good deeds cemented him as a cultural hero in Polynesian mythology. Without Maui, the reliability of the sun would not exist, and mankind would perhaps fail to lead productive lives. His disorderly conduct actually established order in the end. As a result, he is revered by Polynesian cultures with a legacy that has spanned over a thousand years. Because, as the demigod himself would tell you, Maui always wins. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. For more information on how Maui snared the sun, amongst the many sources we used, we found Legends of Maui, a demigod of Polynesia, and his mother Hina, the mythology of Hawaii, by W.D. Westervelt, extremely helpful to our research. 
You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Mythology, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Mythology on Spotify, just open the app and type Mythology in the search bar. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday we dive into another dark, classic tale. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back next week with another epic story. Mythology was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Michael Langsner, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythology was written by Kate Murdoch, with writing assistance by Greg Castro. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Joe Hernandez, Harris Markson, and Jen Wong. I'm Vanessa Richardson.